0: Hello and welcome to the 9 or 9 podcast. It is episode 101 of the Niler 9 podcast. It's myself Niler 9 and I am joined by regular hello co-host Andrea Cleary but also we have a special guest in with us in the Zoom chat. It is Luke Sharkey. Luke how are you?
3: I am very, very well, 999. Thanks for having me back on the podcast.
0: Yeah, nice to have you back. Uh, So, yeah, well, we had to to invite you back to talk about the Fontaine's album, which is what most of this episode will be about. They just released A Hero's Debt last Friday, the second album from the Dublin band. And so it will be taking up the bulk of our chat on this episode. And so where do we start? Uh, We spent a lot of time in the last few weeks talking about uh, the lack of live music and licensing and all the rubbish stuff that's been going on. On. Luke, how are you doing? What's what's going on with you? Anything anything good?
3: Very little by way of live music, and I am kind of trying to be. Uh, I got to the point where I was kind of ringing a few of the like the sort of smaller pubs or venues around my area, being like, "Are you guys doing open mic nights? Is is there <laughs> someone coming in playing an acoustic guitar? Is there is there anything going on? I'm definitely starved of that anyone with Ed
0: Sheeran covers. At least anything. something must be something. Yeah. So nothing. Yeah, I mean, but that's where we're at now. We're currently. At uh, time of recording, we're currently waiting for the Irish government to tell us whether they're going to increase uh, the numbers of indoors and outdoors events, which was already put back to or stayed the same at 50 from July 29th. And now August 10th was the, the next date they had in mind for this. Uh, rumblings today suggest that it is, it is going to stay at 50 people indoors and 100 people outdoors uh, and that pubs may not be opening uh, completely on august 10th which is has a knock-on effect in terms of everything that uh you know we do really is in terms of going to gigs putting on events all that kind of stuff writing about stuff um i don't mind like i've been doing the live streaming gig stuff for the last while and it's fine but you know i would really rather be watch uh writing about uh gigs that are actually happening in, in the world um so yeah, there's been a lot of that in the in the past week, right? So just, you know, going back and forth, a lot about the pup stuff and then people giving out. And then there's that thing over the weekend with uh, the former arts uh, minister, Heather Humphreys, which uh, she didn't actually mention uh, musicians uh, in, her, in her doll statement, but people did seize upon it. And she had to clarify actually today uh, what she meant by that. So she had said basically that, people who are on the uh, pandemic unemployment payment whose industries have closed may need to think about reskilling and uh, finding a job elsewhere. Um, she did speak to the Music and Entertainment Association of Ireland today to clarify the misinformation. Uh, she said artists and musicians who are temporarily out of work due to COVID-19 do not need to seek employment elsewhere. Um, but then that's still quite not clear.
2: So, but, I mean, did she clarify who she was speaking about then? Well, yeah. this
0: is the thing because uh, we don't really know because like that doesn't include sound engineers or promoters or guitar mm. techs or like Shane Dunne was saying, power and electrical riggers, safety officers, event medical officers. Uh, event managers audio lights and special effects trucking djs any of the hundredth roles that makes up the live music industry again it's just that lack of understanding of what uh, the industry is and what's making it up and who's making it up so yeah we wait with uh, beta bread basically if you're if you're on the pup uh, you don't seem to have to worry but like it is important that that is put in writing or by a minister somewhere or put in uh, a statement so that you can point to it if anybody comes to you to say you have to get off yep. this payment right now because you're, or you have to start looking for work. And he was like, well, that's not what she said. Um. So, yeah. That's she's not a, what she said. That's not what she said. Uh, she's the Minister for Social Protection now, Heather free so uh, that is why it is relevant, even though, so she should, but as a former arts minister, she should know exactly the plight of musicians. So, uh, you got to be careful of that stuff
3: there's a big smell of uh get a real job of oh yeah that statement yeah. yeah
0: you know there is and that's that's something we're actively trying to avoid i guess now um, yeah. especially as we said before if you if you can't it's not a case that you don't want to work or you, it's a case that you can't work and you're not allowed to work mm-hmm. so it's a very different thing completely um well, look, that's that's it. I mean, that's that's where we're at. I mean, I'm still, I'm still. I bought tickets for Primavera next year. I'm, I'm like, I'm just like looking forward to next year. Um, any gigs that we had lined up for this year are now going to be basically next year. So, mm. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Although, I, you know, there are gigs happening in October, um, and there was talk of gigs in the Workmans and and Whelan's being opened up yeah. in the next few weeks. Uh, mostly seated gigs. So, yeah, that's where we're at. AM, but uh, and county by county is what i heard for I, the reopening of i saw of something for about space.
2: that as well and i i don't think that that would be good news for dublin given no. the no i the know that, well, of we cases that
3: we would definitely get had. the short end of the stick yeah
2: there. yeah we would i like i think may, m- maybe somewhere like limerick which has um obviously a really huge musical scene but quite low case numbers might benefit from, yeah. from from something like that but um when it comes to dublin it's like it's but it it is kind of bizarre that we can have um things like churches and sports events and things going on um where social distancing like it's be, being adhered to or, or at least that's the that's the idea um and yet i like my feeling is probably that um People are too afraid, the government are too afraid to um, allow premises to enforce their own social distancing because people are taking drink. And I think that once people are taking drink, um, there's no there's no trust in the public. Um, So, yeah, it's it's going to be weird going forward. It's going to be weird either way if we open up or if we don't. Um, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I I think the general consensus is that people are quite nervous about getting back to live music and to gigs and things. So, um, once once it's all open up, it's definitely not the end of this for musicians and and all all of the other people that are working in in live music in Ireland. So yeah, there will remain to be seen how it goes. There, like, so the minister did meet
0: uh the uh, M E A I, which is the Music and Entertainment Association of Ireland, that met. Um, Heather Humphreys today to talk about this, and uh, this has just come out. This is a statement on the uh, Facebook event. It said MEAI outlined the many issues affecting our members who were unable to work as a direct of COVID nineteen guidelines. The minister is fully understanding of the problems facing the workers in the music and entertainment sector, and gave her assurances that department would give every assistance they can to help people through the crisis. The minister has agreed to a dedicated team within the department to deal with workers in the industry. She also clarified that musicians and entertainers sh- could accept sporadic work without it affecting their pup. Um, which is good news, especially for self-employed people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the department also make appointments under other welfare schemes available to PUP if they are applicable and if the applicant fulfills the existing criteria. The minister also promised to re-examine the professional artist on job seekers allowance scheme with a view to making it more widely available. Um, so that's some news today. Uh, so at least, they, you know, they are listening in some capacity and uh, they're understanding. I did see... You know, obviously we talked about the drive-in gigs that were cancelled with Gavin James and all. Did you see the video that Gavin James put up yesterday no. by any chance? No. Not said, I. He just said, so saddened about all the drive-in shows being cancelled, dot, dot, dot. Another news, here's Bingo and me today. So there's a video of people in their cars, in droves, in outdoors playing Bingo. So... Again, you're like, well, what is happening here? How come that wasn't closed? You know, so uh, again, that's the leading to the idea of of feeling like a double standard exists uh, to do with live entertainment and music uh, in particular. Absolutely. so, look, we wait and see again uh, what's going to happen in the coming weeks. Uh, the other thing that I, I got a chuckle out of because, look, we've talked about Ed Power before. And uh, as Tanda oh. Felix says, with Ed Power comes uh, Ed responsibility. <laughs> yeah. um, I actually couldn't believe uh, that he had written this. Well, I guess I, ha- I could, but I just it was such a tenuous link between... Um, if anybody didn't see this, this is an article that was released on Friday uh, when the Fontaine's album and the Coronas had an album out. And the headline reads Fontaine's DC versus the Coronas. Ireland has a blur versus Oasis moment to call its own.
2: Finally, our blur <laughs> versus Oasis moment. I've been Just waiting I've my entire wanted. life for this. What a silly thing. Is, isn't uh, it very silly? And I mean, it's look, the silliest. It, it gets to a stage where you have to stop blaming Ed Power and yeah <laughs> you know cuz yeah. like it's just yeah i don't know and, and i mean it's not as if um i mean i i click that article I clicked that headline, not obviously not knowing that Ed Power had written it. And I was like, this, this might be a bit gassed. This might be, I, I I don't mind people going all in on something that they're completely wrong about, but that they're willing to fight for. Um, but I mean, by the time you get to the third paragraph, (laughs) he just kind of given up on on the idea completely and started talking about something else. It was just such a silly thing. Um, and it, it, there was a real backlash, I suppose, like, um, given the state of, I mean, Arts arts journalists and music journalists are, um, well, we're we're not really talking about that as much in terms of like um supporting the music industry, but you know, arts, arts and music journalists are having a really tough time at the minute as well. And um there was a bit of a backlash in terms of, you know, there are people out there who are excellent journalists who are yeah. losing jobs and this this kind of stuff is being is being pushed as like the the big Sunday read and um yeah, it just felt like a bit of a shame. And I think it, it bubbled. That, that was the boiling over point for a lot of people <laughs> on, on well, Sunday. There's good the memes though. Us, hmm?
3: I think any of the three of us would have happily taken that commission from the Times to write that piece or a similar piece. Yeah. And done a, a much better job. <laughs> so hint, hint. I just wonder, um,
0: was it actually a commission or what happened with this? Why was this even written? It's like he clearly started and was like, I'll just finish it. 'Cause like yeah. this is going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And he admitted readily admits it in, in the thing, this isn't this not really working.
2: Mm. Uh
0: but it's just kinda gas to read. At the same time, like I did tweet on Friday, I was like, I thought is that article like written by AI? It sounds, it looks like you've given it topics and you've given it a comparison and AI has written the entire article. Yeah. So to which
2: Tony Clayton Lee replied to you saying um, the A part anyway, which I thought was very, <laughs> very clever.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can and I, you know, Tony writes for the Irish Times. Oh, and, come um, here. Like runs, this was, uh, there was stuff, you know
2: loads of Irish Times um, writers and previous or past Irish Times writers, people who've written for the Irish Times before. Uh, coming out to speak, like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, what is it? Um, it did read
0: like a, a a Patrick Frayne piss take piece, but it wasn't. <laughs> it it read like yeah.
2: a like a proper first draft. Um, like the not not a great late night, of lot of coffee involved. Mm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's like, yeah. I need to get this in. I'll yeah. just finish it. The deadline and is twenty
3: ask- minutes from now. Can I ask, as someone who just doesn't engage with Ed Paris material, so I've only seen the, you know the headline and the, kind of the discourse and not the body of text? Uh, am I correct in saying Fontaines are oasis and the Coronas are blur? Oh, I
2: no, even know I, the, think, yeah, I think I even- think um, yeah, I think so. But then I, I think I think he he said yeah, Fontaines are oasis because you know working class, all that, blah blah blah, and but then. Once Salt it, of
0: the Earth background.
2: Yeah, well, once he got to Blur, there kind of wasn't really any comparison well, yeah, that was the
3: made. That's a more tenuous comparison again. It's like Blur and Corona is what they're the artier Completely. of the two. You know what I mean? He went to
0: Tierney College, so therefore, so uh, therefore, yeah. they're
2: Blur. Yeah. It's it's a very very strange
0: um, like. One of the lines in it is just the face-off doesn't really work in David versus Goliath terms either. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's my like, that's in, my favorite line. You're readily admitting <laughs> you like none of this makes any sense. Yeah, like, it's it kind of gas, but then again also uh, annoying because you know kind of sad, real, at the real because especially because the ticket, uh, the Irish Times, has sidelined the ticket into a section at the back of their regular Saturday newspaper that people even skip over by accident without even realizing it's there, mm. and then you get this kind of. Uh, drivel um coming in and you're like what the hell is this you know what i mean really yeah. really anyway i did kind of get a chuckle out of it because like ed power is going to do what ed power does and uh, unfortunately though um you know it is still being commissioned so uh yeah but we will be defining out who is blur and who is oasis later on for sure but in the meantime if you any reasons to be cheerful this week uh, i'll start will i because i'm not sure if anybody uh, luke do you have one ready
3: I have one, yeah, I'll let you go first.
0: Okay, well, it's making the best of a bad situation this week. Again, we're talking about journalism and uh, bad journalism. Well, here we go. Uh, On Friday, a piece came out from The Independent saying, so to give us background to this, the Give Us the Night campaign and the Irish government established an Irish uh, nighttime task force, which includes members of the Give Us the Night campaign, and uh, the Dublin Lord Mayor, various d- departments, people like who are actively involved in nightlife and who have a say in it. This is all put together by the Minister Catherine Martin, who's overseeing the arts now. So this Fionnghil Sheehan wrote this piece basically saying a uh, Green Minister was not aware that she had put former drug dealer on state bodies. So the context for this is that Sunil Sharp, who has been the man who's been on this pit podcast before, and who has spent much of the last fifteen years lobbying for changes to irish uh, legislation around the nightlife 24 years ago he was convicted for some drug offenses when he was 17 for selling drugs at a uh, point depot rave uh, he had to put out a statement saying uh, that was a long time ago he was sentenced for those crimes he's been drug free ever since he's obviously this is not something that is relevant to the campaign anymore but here we are digging up Uh, old things what it was what gave me reason to be cheerful was the fact that Catherine Martin's statement acknowledged the importance of you know giving somebody a second chance especially when it's been so long ago her statement was just like I was not aware he had a drugs conviction as a teenager when I nominated him to the Nighttime Economy Task Force it was. My, it is my understanding that Mr. Sharp was punished by the courts at the time, which he was, while unreservedly condemning what he did as a 17-year-old 24 years ago. I feel it's important that people, especially minors, know that their lives do not have to be defined forever by a mistake, albeit a very serious one. And so Mr. Sharp remains a member of the task force, which is great. It's just like, you know, people make mistakes. They don't have to be, you know, punished for them forever. And I just thought that was... A really nice um, outcome of a very caustic way of looking at uh, what's going on in terms uh, I of was, the Irish nightlife stuff.
2: I was so furious when I saw that that was being dragged up. Like like you said, it had absolutely nothing to do with um, all of the incredible work that he's been doing for for Irish nightlife. But also, and I saw somebody else point this out on Twitter, that we have a tarnisher who has been asked by the press and by the public. Have you ever taken drugs? Have you ever taken drugs? And he and he gets to just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I tried. I tried them when I was in college or whatever it was. And it's like, okay, you know, that's just as illegal. Um, but we, we can laugh that off. It's just, it's this kind of sp- like, it's a specificity of classism that really, really bothered me. I thought his yeah. statement was wonderful. And I was really, really happy to kind of go, go into the replies to that statement on Twitter and just see nothing but support um, and nothing but thanks for for, for everything that he that he's been doing so um i'm gl- i'm glad that that kind of blew up in their faces to be honest because that just that is not a good look um especially in, in in a week where um the government hasn't hasn't really had a good look um over over the past little little while it just felt like a completely unnecessary thing to do and i'm glad that it that it backfired yeah
0: and it's worth just uh, you know recognizing that you know she had not to be defined by your uh, relationships, but uh, is married to uh, Avril Power, former Fianna Fáil TD. You know, it seems like a dig at the greens yeah. as well, more mm-hmm. than anything else. Yeah. Like somebody uh, trying to drag up something that isn't relevant to uh, tarnish their name, which it was good to see it did not happen in that way. So, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. No, people idea.
2: were having none of that. And yeah, yeah. I like
0: that. It's great to see. Great to see. Yeah. Okay. Luke,
2: what are you cheerful about?
0: I
3: feel extra self conscious about what I was going to say now in light oh, of the, no, the it, sort it, of it, it gravity be, of that last one. It better be meaningless <laughs> and silly. Yeah, this is so meaningless. This okay. is actually a definition of meaningless. It- so. COVID is a real, you know, during the lockdown and since I've been trying to take up new things, a little bit of extra time. So trying to fill my life with new things. I've been searching for a a non-music related hobby in my life. Mm -hmm. So I'm either usually listening, writing about or playing music. So decided I needed something that was outside the realms of that. And uh, my reason to be cheerful this week is uh, golf. I have been playing golf (laughs) religiously (laughs) over the past couple of months and like really starting to enjoy it. You're
2: playing it or, or watching it?
3: You're playing, playing. Playing? Oh, cool. Yeah, because there's a few courses out there that are like six, seven, eight or ten euro to go out and play around, uh, especially if you go out in kind of the unpopular times during the week. Yeah. And I've just been going out two or three times a week. I'm just playing. I love it. Did it's you great. ever play
2: golf before? <laughs> Did you ever play it when you were I a never, kid?
3: I played it. Like my dad was handy uh, at it. So I played with him a little, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's new for me in my adult life anyway. It's the only sport I've ever taken up in my adult Good life. Good for you? you.
0: Full, It is full golf now, not part three or is it part three? I, this
3: par threes are cheaper, so if it, the money's a little tight, I'll go there. And then if I can get on one of the public, like nine course uh, part fours, I will. Um, anything and everything.
0: Very good.
2: And what is I, your? Um, do you have what is that number that the the, the oh, handicap? Oh, the handicap. Yeah, what,
3: yeah. No, but it would be like plus six million. I'm off. Okay. It's I, I I literally I hack my way around the golf course. Okay. You know? it's,
2: but it, I, it's good. It's good stuff. I went to a driving range once, and um, I hit the ball once. Um yeah. but then I noticed in the in the distance there were some hares just hopping around on the course so I left
3: uh, oh, you were worried for their well-being
2: yeah they were just out there on the course and there was people nearby aiming for them and I was like this is a, a toxic situation yeah. for me to
0: be in right now yeah.
2: so I left but it's so hard even just to hit the ball with the with the club like it's really you know, hard sure.
0: <laughs> it's harder than it looks it's <laughs> so yeah. much harder, yeah. it's than it harder than it looks, than it,
3: it, looks. It, in theory it's the simplest <laughs> sport ever yeah. it's like you know hit the ball with the stick because I'm
2: know? I'm. well I was when I was younger I was decent enough at tennis so I was like "It can't be that different I know that. The, the surface area of the club is is a lot smaller than yeah. than a tennis racket. But I was like, yeah, no, this should be fine. Nope. Awful. Awful.
0: <laughs> Terrible at it. Well, I used to play golf. I don't know if I told you this before, but I used to play golf when I was younger. I used to be a member of the Curragh Golf Club, the oldest golf course in Ireland. Uh, so I used to go. I spent my summers in school. Uh, I was on my school team as well. At oh, point. that's.
2: <laughs> so I still, curious.
0: I still, I'd love to go back. I keep meaning to like try it again. I played uh pitch and put like a year and a half ago, and I really enjoyed it. Were um, you handy back in the day? I wasn't too bad. I might think my lowest, my handicap was like fourteen or something like that. So wow, okay, it right. is that it wasn't, good? Well, it's not, it's, like, brilliant, but it's not, like, terrible either. <laughs> okay. It would
3: be enough that you would be intimidated to go out with somebody. If you were new okay. and you were going out golfing and someone's like, I play a 14, you'd be like,
2: oh. Okay. Right. So I'll I'll go with you, Luke, and then yeah, me, you yeah. and I will me get and better, and then we'll invite Niall.
0: <laughs> we'll both take on Niall. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That'll be our, our nice day out now. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, but it is, yeah.
0: uh, you know, you can't beat it, beat it when the sun's shining, or even when it's not. 100%. Um, really good hangover cure as well as I realised uh, much later on when I, when I was close to stopping uh, playing golf. I was like, oh yeah, when, out, like, when you start drinking and you go out. That's when you start
2: getting right. worse at golf, right? Yeah. 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 The shaky
0: hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems they are actually announcing right now what's happening with oh. the, the situation. Uh, it doesn't appear to be a positive one yet. Not fully uh, announced says very cautious approach. So we might come back to that. Uh, as we go uh, come back to maybe
2: after uh, after the album um, reviews so So.
0: exciting we have breaking news I know we'll we'll be
2: breaking 24 hours after it happens (laughs) on a podcast Uh, I, I have a sort of a sort of a reason to be cheerful but then I scroll down the page and I'm less cheerful about it now <laughs> uh, it's uh, David Byrne is launching a new monthly radio show which is exciting uh, it's called here comes everybody and it's uh, the music you've been waiting for your whole life so he basically is going to be um oh it, it launched on the first which is three days ago and it's basically curating a, a playlist for a radio show and it's just songs that he loves songs that he thinks other people would like which I'm all about when it comes to David Byrne cuz I think he is a genius obviously um but it's launched on the Sono Sound System station and I don't know where that is or what I need to do to listen to it so it seems unlikely that I'll be able to hear it so
0: all right does is one he- need to own is he presenting it? Is he like
2: He's presenting it and curating it. It's 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 his show. So um I don't know if I need to own a Sonos to listen to it. Um I just didn't read down the article earlier. I just saw that and was like, "That's great." But I mean, yeah, I'm sure Beavs to not do it somewhere. But um,
0: this this is a call out to uh, Sonos to uh, you know sponsor the podcast so we can actually listen to this show. Um,
2: <laughs> they can sponsor the podcast if they want, but they just need to know that they made my life living hell while I worked in an office. Um, no shade, no shade to them, but I don't agree with having Sonos in the office. Where people have people with worse taste in music than I are allowed to just put on music.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: No, <laughs> not in my house. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a reason to be cheerful if if you can uh, if you can get your hands on it. Uh, I suppose a, a slightly linked reason to be cheerful uh, which is the are you talking you two? You talking? Oh, R.E.M. Yeah, 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 Uh I was really really disappointed when. Those guys said that they were going to do a Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast. I was like, <laughs> I I really do not like that band. But I was like, right, I'll throw it on anyway. And about quarter of the way through the first episode, they just decided to ditch the whole Red Hot Chili Peppers thing and just do a Talking Heads podcast instead. And I was like, yes, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, so did, did the they actually episode. do a, a full
0: episode of the Red Or they never did a full episode of
2: the no, Red Hatch. It was, No, no, not that. That was not ruse. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like they were talking unlikely. about it. And then they, they said that they were talking earlier in the day about Talking Heads. And um, w- one of them said to the other, oh, kind of wish we were doing this about Talking Heads. And they were like, should we just G- do it? <laughs> so now did. it's called. Are you talking you talking, talking heads to my to talking talking heads? Head. That's it. Yeah, which is just, which is great. Have yeah. you listened to those um, podcasts, Luke?
0: I
3: have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Oh Sorry. shit!
0: Okay, so it's, it's Adam uh, we, Scott and Scott Ackerman. and they okay.
2: they did the 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 first one they did was Are you talking? Oh, you you talking you two to me. Um, yeah. and they basically just go through um every u two album and and talk about it. The two of them are super fans of u two um, Oh, cool, but it's also like just a complete Fucking mess Like they're hour, yeah. hour and a half long Just <laughs> like
0: They deliberately Don't even talk about the band Half the time Yeah yeah. Um, like, and when they do They make up names For the band members Like it's uh, nice. uh, Chris France In Talk It Heads Is Chris Farts Yeah <laughs> just, Chris Farts They're just They're like very
2: very silly boys But I think It if you're gonna listen to them, I would definitely recommend going back to the to the U two one first because otherwise it's
3: and it's are you talking U two to me?
2: You talk you yeah. talking U two to me, and then the okay. w- the follow up was are you talking re um And <laughs> okay. um, it just gets harder and harder to make those things a- as they go along. But yeah, that's a lot of fun listening to that one. I'll give it a I'm go, definitely. Delighted, yeah. I'd say you'd like it, Luke. It's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very good. The little diversity is this an episode of I Love Film? Oh I <laughs> like love it the <laughs> is
2: this an episode of I Love Film? It's, oh, it's so good. It's just such a good it's such very a good silly. podcast. Very um,
0: silly. Not that I'm really spoiling too much, but the U two one does actually end up with them interviewing the band in in a studio, yeah. uh, which is also great listening. So uh yeah. you get that at the end of the U2 section, which is yeah. great. Um, so very cool. Do listen to that, that's great. Alright, is it time for our album of the week? I think it might be. Yes. It is time for us to have a roundtable discussion about the new album from the Fontaines DC, the second album from the Dublin band. It is called A Hero's Death. Here is a track called A Hero's Death.
1: Life Life ain't always empty. 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 Life ain't always empty Don't get stuck in the past Say your favourite things at mass Tell your mother that you love her I go out of your way for others Sit beneath the light that suits you And look forward to a brighter future Life ain't always empty 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 Sink as far down as you could be pulled up Happiness really ain't all about luck Let your demeanor be your deep down self And don't sacrifice your life for your health When you speak, speak sincere And believe me friend, everyone will hear Life ain't always empty Life ain't always Life
0: ain't Life that is the Fontaine's DC song is called The Hero's Death, the title song from their second album. A bit of background to the album itself. Uh, obviously, they released Doggrel last year, their debut album, after a couple of years. And uh, it was received pretty well overall. A lot of uh, international praise in particular and uh, more mixed reaction probably at home. A lot of... Uh, things around the band that were they were criticized for was pretending to adopt uh, some sort of inner city Dublin uh, poetic melodrama. Thankfully, this album is, is uh, less relevant in terms of those kind of ideas. This is an album that came from the band, obviously, like most bands who uh, have some measure of success being on the road. Probably sounds like they became pretty disillusioned with where they were going, what they were at, they found themselves growing a distance from each other. They said they experienced full journeys where we didn't speak to each other. Uh, it wasn't because we didn't love each other more, anymore. Our souls were kicking back against the walls that were closing in. We had no space for ourselves. Our souls had nowhere to live, nowhere to lie. So, pretty much, like seems to be something that happens to a lot of bands when they're touring, you know, playing gigs suffering with mental health. Green Chatton has talked about that as well in terms of the album and how, you know, he really was in a bad place before this album came out and wasn't sure where he was going. Um, he actually wrote the lyrics, I believe that song, during a playback of the band's debut. I was consumed by the need to write something else to alleviate the fear that I would never be able to do it again. And uh, when we wrote this re- album, it was a reaction to the success of Dog Roll that Carlos O'Connell said that from the band. Uh, we started to feel very detached from who we were when we wrote Dog Roll. So how uh, does it shake up overall? Generally speaking, on a macro level, it's a darker, moodier, less character driven, more impressionistic, less literal, less story read album Could than I- before.
2: Could I interject just to ask, I think it might be a good idea for the three of us to say where we were at with Fontaine's DC going into this, because I think that the three of us kind of represent this like kind of the spectrum of the of, whole
3: spectrum. Yeah, yeah
2: where I, I, I would have been very kind of. Not necessarily that on board uh, with Dogral. I think Niall, no, you were probably somewhere in the middle.
0: Yeah, I I I liked some of what they did, but some of like the stylistic choices they made kind of grated on me a fair bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did recognise that they had a lot of good songs and they were a very good band.
2: Um, and then and Luke is kind of on the other side of the spectrum. Who yeah, I suppose just was I like Dogral. Right, Back right in there at the beginning. Yeah,
0: uh, little purple sometimes
3: lyrically. A little sometimes they were a bit, you know. Oof, I don't know about that line, but uh, I back them generally, yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. Heading in. I think that's handy
0: going in. Yeah, so... You know, okay, so there's a, three songs in this album that were written before uh, Doggrub was even released, The Hero's Dead, uh, so uh, I Was Not Born and Televised Mind. They say, that's a thing in many ways on the whole album, to me anyway, says Green and uh, the conflict of wanting love and praise and attention from anyone, but also walking the line between having that affection and feeling totally trapped by it. And says, I do hope that people are shocked. This is us as people, if people can't accept that or don't like it, then their band is gone. So, is anyone shocked by a hero's death?
2: No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm not shocked by it. Um, I don't I don't think there's anything shocking in it. Um, whether it's I I I don't think that they've um changed enough to warrant a shock, and I don't think that there's anything in the content that is inherently shocking. So, I think that that. That that is an odd thing for them to have said. And I I read that statement um in which they sort of implied that, you know, the fontaines of old are dead now and this is the new iteration of, of the project, which I don't necessarily hear um very clearly here, but but I um I, I think that they've grown um which I'm not shocked by. I mean, as a, as a critic, I, I, I want to like what I'm reviewing. And when I don't like the first record of a, a band or the debut that, that a band has put out, I'm really, really hoping that I like the second one. Um, it doesn't bring me any joy to talk shit about bands or to, I love music. It not it better to enjoy it? I suppose. But I think Fontaine's DC, it, it's kind of like Metacritic scorings where, you know, no, no one ever gives an album a four or a six, you know, it's a it's a zero or it's a 10. And I think this band are kind of um, kind of epitomized that sort of yeah. like way of looking at music. Like They're extremely polarizing bands. And I think that's why I kind of stepped out of the conversation in the in the last um, the last album cycle. Because to me, that that album was maybe a 6.5 and um, there just wasn't really any space for that conversation with anybody at the time because it was you you either love them or you hate them so I just kind of stepped away but you know this time around I, I think it's ge- like genuinely a, a huge step forward I think there's a lot more sonically interesting here and that's the trajectory that I really wanted for this band I think their melodies are brighter I think Chatton has kind of brought back um kind of paired back that kind of Irishness in his vocals um and he's now kind of working around a lot of melody which I really like I think it's definitely richer it's definitely more versatile it's more mature um and I think there's a lot more to like on on this record that's my kind of initial thoughts going in anyway but what about you guys
3: um yeah I think definitely I'm like i agree with both of you like i I, i'm glad that you brought up the three songs that were written before dogwell even came out Mm -hmm. And i think especially yeah i wasn't born or was not born like particularly sounds like a much older song and Mm -hmm. i think there's a marked difference between those sort of three songs and the rest of the album in terms of the maturity level going into them and just in terms of even like the tempo and the the style of them it's not like they were trying to make different sounds um i think I, i agree with you dre they have grown definitely like that de- and you can hear that it's less like there's less uh brits out spritz out only smokes carls type lines do you know what yeah. i mean yeah. um it is slightly more honed back there uh i i, I think I'm, I'm i'm so surprised that they 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 would say it's a shocking record for me i think there's some like you know my especially the start when i was first listening to it i was a little underwhelmed because i felt it was very very similar to dog Roll. i mean a few small changes but overall still very much painting by the same old numbers still Drawing from the older tapestry of rock and guitar music and kind of maybe refurbishing it with a slight, you know, bit of a disorder guitar and we're using Dublin accents as well. Um, so I I, I I, was kind of, it took me a while, As certainly the first three or four days and I was really listening to it, I felt like this is kind of a, a tough second album, that it's kind of doggerel part two, mm. you know?
2: I think um, what, what kind of, what stunted me a little bit going into it is that I... I don't think there is a great song on this album until a lucid dream, which is track four, is- which I really like. I really, really like that song. Um, and I think, you know, on, uh, after, after that initial listen, it, like the first three songs just, just kind of, and they still do feel like maybe a little bit of a drag before I get there. And I think that that's where the album <laughs> proper kicks in. Um, cause I, I, I think that that is a, is a really really fantastic song. It's it's it, it has that kind of frantic, anxious thing that that they had on on their debut, but it is fantastically controlled. Um, and I think it owes a lot to the early Arctic Monkeys sound, actually. Though to the the first two albums, it's it's a sound that really works for me with them. The drumming on it is fantastic throughout tr- so throughout the record. Actually, Tom is an amazing
3: drummer. He really is.
2: Really, really like stepped that up and actually. F- I, I feel like he's foregrounded on this record, and that that is a really really good decision, um, on the uh, on the band's part. And you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, um, Chatten's vocals are kind of you know, perish the thought veering on melodic here um you know he's actually singing, At times, yeah, there's, there's singing a song like... which is great i i like that it's still dark it's still heavy and murky but there's there's a light within that song that made me want to stick around for the next song and um i think that that's more than could be said four tracks in on their debut for me
0: those first two songs on the new album definitely are a bit uh they, I Maybe they're put there deliberately to throw you off at the start because they definitely feel like a bit less formed, a bit more deliberately looser. They're kind yep. of like it's I Don't Belong and the second song is Loves the Main Thing. They're quite dour and sludgy. Mm. And very down tempo like, as well. Is the whole album going to be like this? Because, yeah, very down tempo. Obviously, you know, and they've even talked about I Don't Belong is basically the anti-version of Big from the opener, uh, from Dog Mm. you know. And it is, it does have that like heavy weight to it. I don't belong to anyone. I don't want to belong to anyone. And you're like, okay, this sounds like a band who have had too much time on the road and have suffered from it. And then, that was the main thing, it kind of continues in that vein where you're like, Oh, this is a a dour kind of drudgy song. And with the two of those come together, it kind of feels like, oh, these these lads are gone off into uh, some kind of uh, opium den or something like that. It kind of has that feel to it. Like I do like the, with Love is the Main Thing, I do like the kind of circular guitars and kind of blunted riffs to it. The drums especially give it a a bit of life. Yeah. uh, Because he can, because Shadden does kind of feel listless. Uh, in that song and those first two songs a bit
3: he's singing from um, straight from the throat as well it's so deep the register when he sings yeah. Like yeah
2: and it, it, it can it like it, it reminded me of dog Roll in that it can get really really repetitive if he doesn't change up that kind of vocal timbre and that vocal style it can it can really start to wear on me because while i think that it, you know his vocals are the most apparent thing about the band they're not the best thing about the band and I don't I don't even think that the lyrics are the best thing about the band I think it's it's they're like m- musically they've they've moved forward a lot and I think that part of the reason or probably the main reason why I prefer this album so much over Dog Roll is that um I'm getting a chance to hear how the band really really work together not just in terms of you know backing up the vocals but as a band as a unit um i can really really hear that on mo- on most of the songs here like there are a few songs here that i that i don't really go for that, but they are the songs are, are in the dog roll style they're not for me that's fine but um the the songs that i did you know like on on televised mind that what you call it uh, outro i i absolutely love that i love it and I, and i think that that is the type of thing that other people got from doggerel and I it just never clicked with me but that's something that like that the the outro and that made me want to see them live and that's very surprising to me um that I that I can have um that like that kind of a turnaround
1: That's a televised mind That's a televised mind That's a televised mind televise Sixty thousand pounds But I'm a televised mind Drawing in line mine.
2: Like as, as an overall sort of album and as a unit, I still think that they have a ways to go in terms of something in, in terms of having an album that feels maybe a bit more cohesive or maybe a bit more um, singular in its messaging. But this one is definitely moving towards that. And I think that part, what helps that is that their influences have widened, you know, like, I mean, I don't, I'm not buying the whole, we were influenced by the Beach Boys things because they're thrown in a few ooh la las and a few like whatever. I don't that's not I I don't immediately hear that, and I yeah, don't I it's don't
0: that and Lee Hazelwood. Yeah,
2: I like I don't I don't really I don't necessarily that buy here. that, but but I am hearing kind of references to early two thousands indie particularly in the UK, like I said, particularly in those first two Arctic Monkeys records, you know, those really bright gleaming guitars that are, that are that are shining through quite dark sludgy moments that you didn't really, you didn't really get that kind of brightness on, 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 Dog Roll. Um, and I think, you know, tr- tracks like, um, like that, I mean, the, the, the last track no is, um, is a really, really lovely closer. I really, really like that. Um, Oh, oh! Such a spring, great song uh, yeah. Really, really un- unexpected kind of melody from them, and u- unexpected vocals as well. Um, like he, yeah, there's nice backing vocals sing, on that song you know. as well, aren't
0: there? Yeah, yeah. And th- there's very like subtle synths underscoring that song, which there's is a bit of is, a bit
2: strings there, there as
3: well. here, for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, and it is still quite sombre, but at the same time, you know, those songs like we were talking about, you said, uh, myself and Luke, about like everyone has noticed how Interpol-esque that guitar work is. um, But and then uh, I also hear in that song like an early 90s kind of Manchester vibe in that song uh, on you said and then. I really think the album ends very strongly Sonny, we've mentioned Whipping Boy before in terms of I Don't Belong Um, but I hear a lot of that kind of style in uh, Sonny as well even though I really like, there's backing vocals on it which sounds like it's a female voice, I'm not sure if it is or not or it's just a falsetto but um, it does build to this kind of sleepy crescendo of vocals and strings which is you know when they tried to do that in that kind of spectral ballad or whatever it is that you might call it, it it ended up being either Pogsy or Mm. just a bit bit very basic Mm. and it was it's nice to hear that development in those slower songs coming through where they're not just you know here's our folk song kind of thing yeah Um, i mean
2: i i I, I still think that they're still doing that like they're still a very heavily influenced band but they're very i think hard on the sleeve influence yeah yeah, and but I, i just think that they're drawing influence from much more interesting places or from places that they can more aptly kind of mimic um or or, you know not not quite mimic but more aptly um do something interesting with um because I mean I don't yeah the the Pogues thing was lost on me completely with the last record it just I never never connected with me um and it I wasn't I just wasn't really convinced by it but I can absolutely believe that these these this guitar band from Dublin are being influenced by guitar bands from the 90s and from the noughties and from the 2010s like this this is a much more convincing sound from them for me than you know having a copy of the of Dubliners or Finnegan's Wake falling out of your pocket while you're yeah I think it was just I mean
0: Dumb City Sky on Doggle is really like Pogues-esque in terms of its delivery so that's a lot of where it came from um but yeah, maybe a little less obvious this time around mm. uh, in terms of lyrics as well. I think we already touched on it a bit, but it's less story led, less character driven, less Dublin centric. Mm. Um, even though there's, there's two songs here, Living in America and uh, I Was Not Born. Or they kind of don't really do much for me and they come towards the end of the album thankfully lifted up by the last two songs, "Sunny" and No, but those two as well, they just don't really, really convince in terms of yeah. th- the music and the lyrics. Although I do, I do like the music to Living in America, but the song overall doesn't really work for me. And I Was Not Born, yeah, maybe just takes it too far out into their earlier stuff where you just like, this just feels like it was telegraphed in to the album a bit uh, where all the other ones, are, like, I do think A Hero's Dead is a very strong song and I do like uh, Life Ain't Always Empty as as a refrain in that song. And I think that's something that they can be really good at that kind of lyrical robustness, that tightness musically, and that kind of uh, sing along, uh, anthemic feel that they have. And uh, just reading the lyrics earlier on today, it was like, I love that. I didn't realize what he was saying on the last line. He said, That was the year of the sneer, and now the real thing's here. That was nice to hear as well. I think I think that is the single best song on the album, but there's lots here that you could go back to. Sunny and No, in particular, uh, "Oh Such a Spring," and it does. Yeah, I think it's just the the first two songs kind of setting you up for somewhere where you're not sure where it's going to go, and then you uh, it does kind of reveal itself over time.
2: Mm. L- lyrically, so, it's 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 a lucid dream for me. I think the lyrics on 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 that are fantastic. I think they're really really strong. That's the one. That's you, the. Uh, I was there when the rain changed direction and fled to play tricks with your hair, overlooking the. And it's there.
3: almost like too many syllables in the line. Yeah, yeah. That, I, yeah,
2: I, I really like that, and you know, they're they're actually doing poetic things there, and not just talking about doing poetic things, which I enjoy. Yeah.
3: Um, that's a great point. Yeah, like they, they have been guilty of that, but I think uh, for me, the standout track is uh, it's you said. Yeah, I always mm. I either say I said or you said. It's you said. I love that song very much and my least favourite track is definitely the um sorry, one of the tracks of the three they'd written. All oh, you mentioned it just there. I've forgotten the title, slipped out of my mind. I was uh, not born. I was
0: not born. I was yeah, not yeah. born. I was
3: not born particularly because it seems to take a maybe he, it's directed at himself or who he was because he speaks about Green speaks a lot about writing the lyrics from he felt like he wrote a lot more and a lot more freely when he was still in the service industry because he felt working in the service industry removed his identity enough that he felt like he had to write to, as a counterpart to that argument mm. but there's just part in, and i wasn't born there's just that line where he keeps saying like uh, i wasn't born to serve another man's whim and i can't help i don't know kind of feel that that's kind of a dig at like working in the service center or working at uh, kind of a second job or whatever mm. and it seems just a little uh, out of touch with reality mm. um but, uh, I think that's so that, a really that, good
2: point. Yeah.
3: That really kind of, that really, and that's what made me think that was an older song as well, because it just seems like such a young and foolish thing to say, and such an uninformed, out of touch thing to say. Mm. Very, very
0: um, uh, conversation in the workman's alright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you like
2: know? Li- lines like "all you antiquated strangers, all throwing in the towel to do another man's bidding" is, is, it, yeah. it, it does kind of read, you know, first year philosophy in UCD, had, like bumming a smoke from you in the workman smoking area. Like, it's, it, it it's there. There is a definitely an, an, an immaturity to that that I don't actually think belongs on this record. Like, yeah. especially when when you're comparing it to other songs where you know, like on, on on the last track on no, um, like (laughs) he uses the word antiquated again, but I mean, like you, like you can lock yourself away and just appreciate the gray. I really like that as a line. I think that that, that, that is probably summing up a little bit better what they are trying to do with the tone of this record, which is to say, Hey, things are a bit, things are a bit shit and things aren't really looking that much like they're going to get better. But like be living within this melancholy and living within this kind of gray world is the thing that is at this moment inspiring them to make music. So you kind of have to turn it around and and, and see something positive in that. And, and I think that's really nice. And that's a, it's a good thing. I think for me with this album is that um once, once they stop trying to speak to or for this sort of Platonic idea of what Dublin is, and stop trying to make these huge heady statements. And you know, s- stop trying to re- like revive something that was never dead in the first place. They now say sound a lot more like the band that I that I think that they can be. Um, once they just start looking a bit more inward and start looking towards the same places that the poets that they're reading are looking towards, you know, um so i think as uh, as as a as a project or a, as a an experiment in introspection for them it it definitely works um and i think that maybe there's just a little bit of finessing to do going forward with um in terms of like getting getting a really solid strong through line throughout an album but um sonically this is way more interesting than the first one i'm not as bored listening to it um there's actual melodies here for me to cling to and I think that as a songwriter he's gotten a lot better and as a band they've improved in that they are not only foregrounding the vocals and the songwriting I'm actually getting to hear what the band are doing what ideas the band have and oh my god those drums throughout just lift me while while I'm listening
0: yeah, the, uh, maybe we're known as well, I think, for me. Although while, while the rhyming hasn't uh, changed that radically, we're still getting a lot of very simple uh, rhymings so with words like lost, cost, deep sleep, uh, place, face, unkind, find, you know. Mm. But the, the I think the delivery of it makes you believe it more and that just feels less basic. And uh, it, it, it feels more eloquent because he's got to a better place in terms of singing those lines mm. It doesn't just feel like oh I came up with a, a word that rhymes with the last one um so there's a bit more believability in that as the album goes on um certainly a lot of references as well less references to Dublin as well different places mm. uh, but they still got like talking about seagulls and and uh things like that and there's Dublin does get the odd mention but very few and it's like talking about early houses and but it's not about being in an early house or you know find yourself lost somewhere it's about it well it's maybe find yourself lost in a pub
2: uh, met your mother in an early in an early couldn't focus on a thing suddenly my life was clouded the phone would all but ring yeah
0: yeah so it's less story led it's less obvious it's uh it's more perhaps interesting and also potentially more universal as a result so um does uh, is there anything else that you guys think uh we haven't said or would like to add to that
3: yeah i suppose uh i think and i know i've spoken a lot negatively about the album and i do have a lot of positive things to say but i'm gonna say one more negative thing and something that we haven't really touched on my biggest source of frustration with this album is uh the production in that the production is very similar to what dogwell was doing the guitars kind of sound very similar there's a similar type of grain and i know that they had risk recorded this album in america last year scrapped it and then went to london with dan carey who recorded fontaine who recorded dogwell with them and redid the entire album and i think that it's so, it sounds more like Dog World for that and I wish that they had stuck with their guns maybe although who am I to say I, I, I for me personally Well you'd be interested still, in hearing it I still think this is just electric guitars with a little bit of story recorded out of the amp onto tape and they're still I don't know it the production and it like it's not like the, the playing lacks, lacks skill but the production lacks, lacks sort of any sort of exploration or adventurousness I think there's a bit maybe on A Lucid Dream where they put like a distortion on Green's voice before it comes back in and yeah. like that's and that was the first time I'd ever heard a Fontaine song where I was like wow they actually put a, an effect and on the vocal you know, and some reverb
2: I think that that was the moment in that song where it grabbed me I was like oh I'm comes actually in. hearing something yeah. different here this this is exciting to me I'm he- I'm hearing them play around with, with production here and yeah you're yeah. right I mean it be- beyond beyond kind of maybe um, altering some guitar. Tones and maybe making the guitar sound like a little bit brighter in this record from time to time. It does sound a lot like the first record. I I would have liked to hear more vocals, like more backing vocals, to it because I think that the 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 moments when that happens are really really strong. And uh, yeah, yeah. I I I think you're right in that. I I I think I would have liked to hear something a little bit more out there, especially if they're going to come out all guns blazing and say that this album is going to shock you. You know.
3: And I imagine that if and when they ever do make that kind of album, it will be shocking and mm. it will take, it'll be quite jarring, I think between their last album, save if it's their next one and, and you know, this slightly different one, but as long as they're continuing to kind of work with the same producers, use similar tones, I mean, what are they really going to do? That's going to make them sound alien to what they've done before. Mm. Um, and I like the sound. I really back it. And like I said, I know I've spoken very negatively. I, I, I do enjoy lots and lots and lots about this album, listening to it relentlessly. Mm. Um, But I I just think I suppose it's because with bands that you like you hold them to a higher standard and I think for me personally I still back Fontaine's as one of the best um, emerging acts from Ireland or current acts in Ireland and I I expected I think the bar was so high for them and maybe that's unfair on my part I just think some of the things they did just playing it a little too safe for me and I Mm -hmm. wish they'd maybe push the envelope a little bit more.
0: But in a way, that makes sense as well because it hasn't been that long since the first album came out. So to expect anything too radical would be maybe unfair. But, you, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe album three with a bit more time, you could hear uh, those influences or those differences more accentuated um, as they go forward. In a way, it's kind of nice. It, it, I think it's, we're, we're lucky in a way to have an album like this uh, in the time we're living in right now, just something we can really look at an album that comes a year after their debut to see where they are at and has a lot to recommend to it have you looked at any of the other reviews or anything since uh, Friday or in the last couple of weeks that came out it seems to be universally positive particularly the UK press did Guardian uh, give it an 8 or 4 stars they did yeah yeah there was was a 4 star review I I
2: walked outside of my door and there were 25 music critics just screaming five stars at me. So, yeah, you can't really move for the, for the positive that, reviews. <laughs> like- that is
3: countered by Irish music Twitter, which universally hates them. It's like it's, I, a, There's a weird I don't, duality I there. Don't between th- I don't think it's true that, I, that I,
2: Irish music Twitter just does, does not hate this band. Like oh, oh, I went on, on. 10
3: a.m. Friday morning, and there was already hot takes about Dublin, <sighs> about rock, about another like all this, this, that, and the other. Like people, there's a there's a strange thing where it's like I think the answer should be more in the middle between you know the Guardian saying they're the coming of Christ mm. and you know whoever from you know Fairview saying that they're the devil. Yeah. yeah, Well, those
0: takes do, do come about because there's such a strong, positive reaction uh, from the press about a band like the Fontaine. Some of but, it I mean, is a it's, bit over the top.
2: It's like, it's it's when, when you see a band that you don't think are, like you said, the second coming of Christ, getting five stars everywhere, getting like 8.5 in pitchfork, getting this like seemingly universal acclaim and you don't like it, 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 it kind of it's not really enough to go in and be like, oh, well, I think it's only okay. People are always going to counteract that with, well, actually I think, I think they're shite. And it's like, and it definitely does not do anything useful for criticism. But I think here in Ireland, I mean, God, like I, I was on one of their, um, I was on one of their YouTube uh, videos there earlier. And like, it's, it's like lads commenting on it being like, oh yeah, I met, Whoever I met when he is at a house party four years ago, um, you were really nice to me, and just you know, just really kind of like going in on on the fandom on on this band that yeah. I, in a way that you don't really see in rock music in Ireland, definitely because yeah. you know, like it's I suppose we haven't had huge huge breakout stars in rock or pop for a while now, but I mean, it was it was the kind of. It was the kind of comments that you kind of see on like a picture this video with Fontaine's DC. Yeah, and with I know, like yeah. The, but they're not the kind of lads that I know. You know, it's it, it, yeah. it, they, they seem to have captured something in Irish men in particular that with doggerel that just passed me by completely. And that's fine. Yeah. Like, that's that's grand. Not every album needs to be written for me, but I do find the discourse around them both. Really interesting and really, really tiring, because yeah. we have the added, uh, the added layer of Irish begrudgery to kind of add into things as well.
3: And that's almost a trope, but it's it's true. It's, it's it's you know what I mean. At least in small doses, anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's annoying when you don't like something and somebody accuses you of just being of begrudging success. Yeah. and I don't I don't agree with that. I mean, there's probably plenty of people out there who are begrudging the success of every Tom, Dick and Harry who's had a number one single or a number one album and this album is set to go number one in, in, in the UK this week but also I think that there is little to be gained from throwing out things like Fontaine's DC are the best Irish rock band to have ever lived, Fontaine's DC are the new X, the new Y, the new Z, they're not the new anything, they're they're part of a culture They're they're part of a a brilliant and vibrant scene here in Ireland that's kind of finding its feet properly now, and and um, is finding support all over the world. And I, I don't know, it it just these these aren't the the only band to have ever broken out of Ireland and had critical acclaim, but we yeah, kind no, of fact. act like they are. Um, no, fact, you know.
0: Well, I feel... Do do you not think it it feels like that maybe is one of the reasons why it rubs people up? Because other people... Outside of Ireland, act like they are mm. in lots of ways, and you're like, well, that's the problem. Like we we reviewed a very fine uh, debut album from Silverbacks earlier th- uh, last month, yeah, um, and that album ended up in the UK top twenty charts, vinyl charts, I believe as well. We're Stuff not like that. saying you know, it's they're...
2: because of us, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it
0: does. You know, like there are bands who are doing well outside of Ireland, and I know this is a really tough time for every band, and releasing an album even at this point is a tough thing to do, but personally I'm really glad that we have these kind of releases like we had Taylor Swift to talk about last week there's stuff happening in the world of music and it can be fairly depressing to look back over the last seven months and be like what has been going on it's nice to have those like big album releases to go mm. right we That's had I, that That's happened it's,
2: it's it was it was such a relief to not dislike this album um, this week yeah. because I really didn't want to come on here and to speak badly about an irish band and you know I'm, I'm i'm a critic if i didn't like it i would have said it but um and i don't i don't love the records but i think that they've they've done well here it it just it it changes things when we're all kind of going through a pandemic and it doesn't really feel right to come on and talk shit about an irish band you know so that's why it was a huge relief when i was like okay right i don't hate this album where can i go from here the lads they they're going to be fine and i think no no matter what they do if they release an orm b album next you know their their fans are going to stick with them um they they have they have a fandom that are willing to go the distance with this band and i think that that's that's a really admirable, th- admirable thing to have achieved personally i think they they they've a long way to go before they start entering into the stratosphere of irish music for me but they're definitely more on the way with this album than they were in the yeah, last. Or one. The,
3: the territory of being a great band. People talk about them like on yeah. their second album, like they're one of the great bands yeah. or something. And like, that, not everybody. It's a very kind of smaller perspective, but like mm. you can't be still that tipping into what uh, Interpol or Joy Division or like any of yeah. these famous guitar bands can't be so blatantly taking their sound and re-personating into your own. I you agree. can make great, you can make good music doing that, but you'll never be a, a great,
2: yeah, great standout. And band. they like, didn't, not- they didn't have a great song until their second record. Um and so I mean ma- oh, that's a controversial take. Yep.
3: Are you talking <laughs> about Fontaines? We yeah. Well, I um, disagree. I Ooh. I think that um Ooh. what
2: what was the song that uh that I quite liked on the first one. Um t- Television Screens I thought was a a more than decent song. Quite a quite good song. But um Boy,
0: Boys in the Better Land's great song.
3: Great song. Boy, I like Roy's tune and I like boys, it boys, boys, as Boys,
2: well. boys, 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 let's all be boys. Let's all go <laughs> out and drink and be boys together. Boys, boys, boys.
0: Well, I heard them do Boys in the Barrel Land acoustically before I'd heard it any other guys and I was really impressed with it. I just thought it was a, a great song and yeah. uh, it fi- still remains a great song to me.
2: I just think the raw masculinity of that first record um, was a bit of a barrier for me to uh, get into. So when they... Kind of went a bit more introspective on their second one. I felt like I was I was allowed in a little bit more easily.
0: Yeah, it definitely feels like a long way from Liberty Bell. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. for yeah. that band. I mean, actually, I think if I remember correctly, I was the first person to they asked me to premiere that that video, and that feels like a long, long time ago. And you, you said no because it was. Shite. I did. I don't know. No, <laughs> it was good. It's a good. It's a good song, but I you know. Doesn't there's songs on here that are. Clearly better, and yeah, absolutely, and they're less Definitely. indebted to obvious tropes and histrionics. and I think for that, uh, they are a much better band, and I think this album proves that they are a much better band now than mm. they were then. So, so that's it, that's that it. When we're heroes, death is that's our review in full. Fontaine's DC, I will play a bit of a lucid dream since we talked about. What was there
1: when the- direction of fled the play, play trip with your hair overlooking up there and it's all coming back and you're proud the track like a cat on the back of a chair and the clouds on the north 40 air to look down the detail and see the affair and it's all coming back and the main thing is that the rain right, the direction before you're there Tear. When the rain changed direction, the rest of plate tricked to the hair, I'm a look in the mare And it's all coming back, and you're in the track like a cat on the back of a chair And the bullets and bottles shot up like a watercolor drunk, and I'm quite despair And it's all coming back, and the main thing is that the rain changed direction before you're
0: Okay, that was the Fontaines and the album is called A Hero's Death. That is a song called A Lucid Dream from it. Further update on the news about things uh phase four <laughs> uh it seems that uh, pubs will not reopen next monday it hasn't been 100 percent confirmed yet what does that mean for uh, events it seems to be the suggestion is this hasn't been 100 percent confirmed yet but the uh you they will in, be able to increase the number of people who can attend outdoor gatherings to 500 people but indoor gatherings are going to remain at 50. so that's nice that's, to know going into the winter well, who knows? I don't know how long it's going to be before they uh, change that or or look at it again, but we'll have to find out. But that seems to be the latest. Uh, although having said that, there was pubs open in city centre uh, this weekend, and who didn't have a sniff of food uh, in uh, at all, and were just serving pints. So uh, you know, there's that's going to be happening more and more because all these pubs are expecting to open last week and uh they're gonna probably continue to i mean how can you stop all of them doing? yeah I, know. I don't know i don't know and then the ones even with that you know are serving food they're not now insisting you have food all the time do you know what i mean so mm. i don't know i, I, just could I, get I was messier. sort of
2: you know when when the whole food thing was coming in i was like yes finally we can normalize me having like some soup and a roll with my pints because that's all I want in life is to sit in a pub and have a soup and a roll and a pint and I'm happy but um, the one the, the one time when I went out and had a pint and some food it was my local like you know 10 metres away from my gaff it's like it, you're supposed to spend like 9 euro or something is it it's like the minimum Everything, they weren't doing starters and everything on the menu was 14.50. And I was like, ah,
0: lads. Oh, <laughs> come
2: on. Come on. <laughs> like, well, there should be something that's nine euro, you know, and yeah. Soup and a
0: roll for nine euro, su- come on.
2: I would have paid nine euro for soup and two rolls, two little bread rolls. But, um,
0: when I first came in, I was like, all of these prices are going to remain at nine euro for starters, aren't they? But I've already seen... A lot of places are just not even charging that for their starters or anything like that. But,
2: mm.
0: yeah, I don't know. Um,
2: also, I've, I was talking to people who aren't in Ireland who are like, what? The nine euro? You have to buy food? What? Like, we're, we seem to be the only country doing the, like, the food thing hmm. with the, with yes. pints. Which is kind of odd. Because we can't be
0: trusted. That's no, why. No, no. Give but them But I bread. will say, do you know, I, like, haven't been to a few pubs now. It is a nice experience, and because there's no one standing at the bar, mm. there's everyone has to have an assigned seat of some kind, uh, and it's quite nice. It's quite pleasant, and you can stay fairly distant to people all the same, and uh, it, it's easier to do. It's definitely like you have that feeling like we're all like we're while we're not in lockdown anymore, we still have that feeling of like being restricted. Mm. And uh, I d- I is,
2: don't love it. I don't love no. being in the pub. No. No, no I find it scary it feels like we're in like a it feels apocalyptic and odd Um and I just the whole time I was over there I was like this is lovely I'm getting as many pints into me as possible but I, c- I couldn't wait to get home yeah
0: didn't like it right. well I'm going on holidays next week to Kerry so I'm hoping that uh There'd be some nice places. That what I've seen happening in Dingle, for example, is some of the obviously some great pubs in Dingle, but some of those places, the food places have actually this is really lovely. Actually, they've set up the places that can't open, have set up, have joined forces with uh, another local business and they've opened together. So they're doing like outdoor, like taco trucks and stuff like that. And well, that's different places. Great. That's yeah, lovely. it's just really nice. It's like the so the place that couldn't open have combined with some other uh, restaurant business so that they could do something and meant stay open essentially. Because mm. obviously, a place like Dingle is very very busy at the best of times, and a lot of people are staycationing at the moment. So you're going to see a lot of that. um So that's good to see. So that looks like that'll be continuing. Mm. So <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. We we'll, we'll talk of about the some week. songs. Yes, uh, our first one is from Billie Eilish and it is called My Future
1: I, in love with my future Supposedly I'm lonely now No, I'm supposed to be unhappy without someone
0: It was Billie Eilish's song is called My Future. It just appears to be a song released without any kind of plan or or tied to any uh release or anything like that. It's not a Bond theme, it's nothing yeah. like that. Just uh, for me, I, I really liked hearing this again. It just a, a fine example of Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas seem to be able to do anything they really want. That kind of has a bit more of a a funky R&B lilt to it than Mm. they normally would have. Yeah, nice to see a bit bit more spring in a step, maybe in a different way for Billie Eilish.
2: So this, um, Billie said back in January that she would be recording a new album this year um, and releasing a documentary. Now, all of that might have been put out the window because of everything that's happened, but this may be tied to that, um, but you know, it was released as just kind of a standalone thing. I love this. I think, I think her vocals are just gleaming here. Um, It sounds really, really, you know, it's kind of that like kind of an R&B lilt at the beginning, kind of quite soulful. And then, you know, it obviously kicks in and F- F- Phineas doing what he does best. But um, it's just a breath of fresh air. I, I still don't believe Billy has put a, a foot wrong in her career so far. And I was a bit nervous after, you know, the amount of attention that she got for that for that debut record and you know Grammys and it was it was a lot for a young person to kind of take and I was a little bit worried that maybe she might fall back from the limelight and take a bit of time and um which you know nothing wrong with doing that but um but I was worried that she might disappear for a little while before we hear from her again so yeah it's really nice to just get get a really great song from her I really dig this
3: yeah, I think this is a really strong song. Like 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 Dre said, I don't think she's put a, a foot wrong so far. Um and like I know and like Phineas must be credited as well because he really does help a lot with the songwriting and production. But uh yeah, I got real uh, like like almost like a Chet Baker vibe off the, the over the chord harmony at the start, mm. like before the beat kicks in. Um it has that kind of rainy feel. Obviously it's through like a, a modern organ sound or a digital organ sound or whatever really nice I was probably less into it once the drums came in once mm. it like I, I I think I don't know for me it lost a little bit of character then but uh,
2: I wouldn't strong, have minded really it if, if it just stayed like it did at the beginning that kind of yeah. really slow somber kind of beat but I, I, I don't mind the kick in though I think
0: yeah you maybe would have expected it to stay point. that way so for me, the surprise was the fact that you did, you know, go that way as opposed to stay in the, we're in the ballad and, and not much is going to happen. There's a lot of atmosphere and space, but it did change and I was impressed by that as well. All right. That was Billy Lear's songs called My Future. Up next, this is a new song from and Murphy from a forthcoming album called Something More. A crown upon
1: head, young lovers in love.
0: Uh, Roisin Murphy with something more and uh, as she sounds like she doesn't mind being in a restaurant uh, serving every dish I want but I want something more. Uh, there Don't we is all a Roisin? Of, Don't yeah, we all? Yeah there is there's a lot of yearning in that song in the classic uh, disco vein. She wants something more a castle deep in Spain more land than Charlemagne and boys who ease the pain. An island out at sea a house of luxury and it's all named name after me but I want something more. Sure, we're all yearning for something. But again, this is another fine example of Roshi Murphy doing what she does best. Interestingly, the album that was announced is called and Machine. I like that she has uh, taken to naming her songs after herself, like Murphy's Law. A time she had one called Murphy's Law. So it seems like this album... Will actually feature a lot of songs she made with Crooked Man, aka DJ Pirate, over the years. It's out, another album that's out on September 25th, along with Already and Pill Queens and Idols, I believe. That'll be a busy uh, day. It does feature, actually, a couple of songs that she's released uh, maybe a good while ago. A song called Jealousy, which maybe came out, like, maybe 10 years ago, almost. Uh, but again, uh, it's always nice to hear music from Roisin Murphy, and I think... Uh, the idea that there's a new album on the way especially because she has a tendency to sometimes do these once-off releases for her dance kind of singles or or uh, 12 inches and maybe they never end up on an album so i'm happy that like simulation from russian like came out god that was like that was another one of those 10 years ago so it seems to be bookending kind of a, a collaborative effort between herself and 2012 that came out um so that's a collaborative effort between herself and crooked man and uh yeah as I've said before, I'm sure I'll say again, Roshan Murphy can do no wrong.
2: I feel like if you told me in January that I would be getting both a Fiona Apple and Roshan Murphy album this year, like 21, 22 year old me would have just lost her fucking mind. <laughs> I feel very privileged that those two things are happening. Um, Very, very early 20s Dre stuff going on. Uh, This is great. This is just great like she really can't do anything wrong and i know it's a bit of a cliche but it's also i she really doesn't get the respect or the press that she deserves from people who aren't in the know i feel like with roshi murphy if you know you know but if you don't and if you still think of her as you know you're one from Maloko or whatever um you you gotta really dig in, um, because she's she's doing really really interesting stuff, and um, I think that this this track's brilliant. It's really great.
3: She's been doing just wonderful stuff for the past few years. Like I mean, always, but I mean, particularly like the string of uh, like the singles that she put out. And was it like 2018-2019 mm-hmm. it's Like a Jacuzzi roller coaster and the Rumble. Um, yeah, and, and like this has been. There's been kind of she's kind of been continually releasing singles until this point.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, they've
3: all had this like slightly throwback vintage, but really sturdy dance, disco feel, all of those singles, but just smashing songs. And I'm so excited to hear a full record from her. So excited.
0: Yeah. And the other thing about Roisin as well, there's always really good remixes as well. There's Mm. a a really lovely dub version of Murphy's Law that's like 10 minutes long. And Simulation as well is a really nice Man on a Tough remix from back back in the day. Uh, She also did, did you see when she was on RT earlier this year and did Narcissus with the RT concert orchestra? Yeah. That uh, was brilliant. Like, she's just a class act, an absolute Seriously. class act. So, always good to have music from Roshi Murphy. So, our next song is Luke's Choice. It is from Rival Consoles and it is called Articulation. Okay, that was Rival Consoles with Articulation from a new six-track EP from Ryan Lee West that uh, was released on Friday. Luke, this is your choice. Why did you pick this?
3: Yeah, um, well, I've been following uh, Rival Consoles for a while now. I've been following their work um, and really enjoying it, so I naturally wanted to give it a listen. And I think the whole album, uh, for me, it served as a really nice counter, maybe a tonic to A Hero's Death in that it's instrumental, very spacious, uh, electronica and it was a nice kind of like yin and yang to flip in between the two of them they're totally counter opposite musics um i think i just i love the way uh i love the way that he produces uh ryan west and like he began as a guitar player and i think there's always a sense of like real composition and like almost like western art that kind of uh contemporary classical vibe to his music and i just think uh yeah really enjoy this really enjoy the sort of spaciness and the yeah, just it wasn't as uh, in your face and as attention grabbing as, you know, the other album that I was listening to a lot last week.
0: We've mentioned Rival Consoles a couple of times. I remember Mount Alaska mentioned uh, him as an inspiration for their music. And I could definitely hear a lot of similarities there. But yeah, again, a lot of um, really lovely space being used here. And uh, I love the kind of analog exploration of his music's, uh, music as well. Just really goes different in different ways and and but always has that kind of a unique identity um to it that i
2: very pretty tonally very interesting not that great at uh talking about like purely electronic music but i really enjoyed this and i think yeah like you're you're spot on when you say that there's a lot of kind of western classical conventions being used quite Quite interestingly, here, um, and yeah, I thought this was uh, re- really quite beautiful actually. I wasn't expecting it to go the places it went, and yeah, it was it was a bit of a journey.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed the first track on DP as well, Vibrations on a String, uh, mm. which I would uh, s- recommend for you to check out as well. Uh, cool. That's a great track. Okay, our final track of the week this week is uh, Andrea's Choice, it is from Lomelda, and the song is called Wonder. Yeah, that was Lomelda with a song called Wonder. Um, Andrea, that sounds a lot like Big Teeth to me. <laughs>
2: mm, right. Um, yeah. Are you familiar with uh, Lomelda? Not really.
0: Hannah Reed. I had to look up who it was. I wasn't familiar at all.
2: Um, so she released a really, really good, uh, I think it was her second album in 2017 called Thanks, but it's THX. Um, really, really strong um, album. It's kind of that um, Van Camp Bedroom sound uh, which I really dig um, and I think on, on this uh, this is the second uh, she, she released two songs uh, on Friday this is the second of them and I think it's pointing towards a an album later in the year sounds a lot bigger a lot fuller here um while still maintaining that sort of I, I guess there's words I want to use but they're not the right words twee isn't the right word and you know uh, band camp bedroom sound isn't also quite the right word <laughs> But that sort of homely sound—that is quite, um, still quite down to earth and still quite analog—and um, you know, straight, straight from the brain to the recorder. Um, I, I think she's such a talent. Um, I, I really loved that that 2017 record, and I enjoy how much bigger she's sounding and how comfortable she's sounding within this as well.
0: Yeah, brand new to me. I hadn't heard of Lomelda before, but uh, I. I can definitely see the appeal of this, for mm. sure. It'll uh, be interesting to hear an album overall. So the fourth LP, Hannah, out in, uh, hopefully it's another one that's out on September 25th. No way. <laughs> it might oh be. Oh my God. We're going to have to do
2: like four <laughs> podcasts that week. That's really busy
3: i uh, I love the the vocals on this track I'd never never heard of any of lamelda's material before mm. I listened to this and I thought the vocal like the 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 timbre of her voice is just mm. really it's really obviously it's a little uh probably a little bit of a marmite for some people but I really enjoyed it I thought it was a really cool song
2: yeah I think it's especially on the album because it is a little bit more strip back and her vocals are are that bit more foregrounded um it's it's definite marmite stuff but I'd say if, if you like this you'll like you'll like that 2017 record can't so recommend definitely it definitely gonna check that Brilliant. Out. yeah it's really good.
0: Yeah, great. Okay, that is our Songs of the Week this week. Guys, what else are you uh, listening, watching and reading this week?
2: Someone else go before me because I
0: don't know yet. <laughs> um, uh, I finally watched Hamilton.
2: Hey!
0: Yeah, I like watched it? Hamilton. Fan? I are you know a if, fan? I, I actually did really enjoy it. Yeah, I really did enjoy I'm it because uh, I don't know if I told you before, but I watched Les Mis uh, a few weeks ago as well and uh, I enjoyed the epic cinematic Uh. uh feel of it all it's very long it's very long mm, Obviously, did you
2: enjoy russell um, crowe singing no not
0: really <laughs> but similarly with and lin- I'm Ma-
2: javert do not forget yeah. my name it's just it's very
0: <laughs> but yeah. similarly with lin Ma- manuel miranda he's not a great singer at all and uh, no but he's, he's just he's so spooky.
2: charismatic he yeah is Alexander mm. Hamilton I love them, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> do I him. did enjoy
0: it a lot I did enjoy it a lot yeah especially the first half the yeah. uh, second half when it gets into uh, trying to set up uh, political discourse or senate discourse as a, like a WWF match is a bit much sometimes but um, yeah it is very entertaining and mm-hmm. uh, yeah I enjoyed you know like hearing the little references to old school hip hop and stuff like that in there and uh I won't be seeing Hamilton on the stage anytime soon, so uh, it was nice to actually see what all the fuss is about properly. And uh, yeah, really well shot as well. Really, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, I also, last night I watched uh, Palm Springs, the uh, film which Andy Samberg uh, stars in. And it's it's basically like Groundhog Day, but uh, a different take on that. Uh, it's very enjoyable, very fun and uh, very sweet. Yeah, I've been trying is, yeah.
2: to find a stream to watch that. I've been on a big Brooklyn Nine-Nine thing um, and obviously have re-fallen in love with Andy Samberg and um, saw that he was in... I, I watched the trailer for that um, for that film and I was like, uh, yeah, where yeah. do it's I sign fun. up? This looks it's got lovely. Fun.
0: Yeah, very entertaining. And uh, J.K. Simmons is in it as well. A few other people you might recognize. uh, But it's quite good. It's quite good. I enjoy that. Um, I've been on a bit of a Star Wars buzz as well ever since um, I watched Empire Strikes back in the cinema last week. Uh, For the first time since it came out, I did actually go back and watch Rise of Skywalker. And not as bad as I remembered, maybe, but still has a lot of problems. Third one? The, last the, one. the last one. The last, yeah, oh, the I've, last one. Haven't
2: seen that one. Yeah,
0: the oh, one that okay. came out last December. Um, okay. I hadn't seen it since I I tried to put it on Disney Plus uh if, about two months ago and I was like, nah, can't do it, can't do it. And now I was just in the mood for watching it, and yeah, there are loads of problems with it, but you know, there's a lot of sweet things about it: friends, fe- family, friendship, and you know, power of the people and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, there's some obviously dodgy parts to it, a lot of dodgy parts to it, but. Uh, Yeah, it was fairly enjoyable all the same.
2: Good. I don't know what I've been doing. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I've been reading that Philip Roth novel that I mentioned last week, The Plot Against America. Um, Oh, I watched Baby Driver. I'd seen it before. Oh, you've never seen it before? I'd seen it um, uh, uh, when it came out in the cinema um but harry hadn't seen it and he said he wanted to watch it i wanted to watch scott pilgrim but he only wanted to watch he only watched that recently so we we settled on baby driver and um edgar wright's just real good at making films and he's real yeah he's just real good at music within films as well and it's particularly that
0: one yeah that's a non-stop obviously uh,
2: it's just so enjoyable like really really well shot and um you know the pacing never lets off uh the the central love story between the two of them was just gorgeous it's so over the top and so like ridiculously romantic i love it absolutely love it so yeah watch that really enjoyed that um and oh showed harry the first two episodes of succession (laughs) Um, how did that go uh enjoyed them he hates Greg. So I, I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he, I, I, <laughs> I, I was like, you might always hate him. And he was like, I'm mm-hmm. always going to hate him. And I was like, okay, whatever. And- Don't show him the
0: song from last week, whatever you do.
2: Oh, God, no. Well, I'm not. <laughs> what? Why would you bring that up, Niall? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just forgot about it's, that. It, it's,
0: it's a new week. No. You no. Know.
2: No, um, <laughs> that's that's all I've been doing. I think. Don't
0: worry, I won't play it for you again. Please I don't. Again.
2: Please don't. <laughs> I've had, the amount of times I've been on Instagram and just like going through stories, and his story will come up, and I'm like, no, skip. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Just unfollow. But, um, him. <laughs> no, unfollow. <laughs> you might see the song again. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that's all I've been doing. I think. Yeah, I've had no other cultural interests.
3: Um, I have been enjoying uh, if you know, I know you're a big Star Wars fan I have my own kind of fantasy thing that I love is uh, Lord of the Rings I went to see The Two Towers in Dundrum uh, took my girlfriend who'd never seen any of the films before <gasps>
2: Oh and, man!
3: Like literally gave her a twenty-second recap of this is what happened <laughs> at every point to get into the two towers, and we sat there and for the first twenty minutes. She was like, "What is going on? Who are these people?" But uh, yeah, loving that, and have been kind of walking around all week doing like the King said in uh, "I know your face," just saying that to everybody as I walk by. Um Look, been really uh, the, that. the Two
2: Towers is one of my favorite films. Of all time, I sometimes just no. go on YouTube and just watch the Battle at Helm's Deep. Oh just, my God, so good! Just watch it and just be like, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. I yeah. I genuinely, if I talk for too long about Hobbits, I start crying. I I I can't. I can't. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're so small and so brave. There's, they're so there's,
3: brave. There's, there's a there, there's some. I always look back on those films that there's some real. Uh, I think some of the lines between Frodo and Sam are very just like cringy. Some of them uh, at the, the, Do, very, end the, tours, the very end of the two terms, the very end two terms, where he's like, um, where he's like, and tell me more about Mister Sam. Frodo wouldn't have gotten far without his Sam. You come <laughs> on so to my
2: like... podcast in my house <laughs> and you start talking shit about Samwise Gamgee oh, no, and Frodo. I love
3: I love Samwise Gamgee much more than Frodo, uh, but uh, oh. they're they're my G's. Game and oh no, I Lord of the Rings even is uh, amazing, but uh,
2: yeah, oh no, I love uh, them. I love cool. them so much. They're perfect. They've never done anything wrong. Sam is obviously the true hero of the story. Yeah, that's fine. Absolutely. But people need to be kinder to Frodo. It's not his fault he keeps falling down. He's carrying the weight of the world around his neck, you know?
3: I know. He's very adolescent, especially in the third film, though. He's very yeah. moody.
2: He is very moody for Frodo. <laughs> he,
3: he essentially turns around to one part and he's like, uh, I know you're my gardener and you've trekked around half to the known world to come to the most dangerous point and do the most important thing that's ever been done. But you ate the bread, so go home.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I have my new friend Schmiegel. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay. He
3: murdered somebody once. Uh. Yeah,
2: yeah. No, he's mm, but then you know he he's carrying the One Ring, and that is yeah. as as yeah, we know twisted the, him the greatest yeah. burden that anyone can do, let alone a little hobbit. So we and yeah. and he doesn't even. I was, I was about to be like spoiler for the lord of the rings yeah. but you know he doesn't even he doesn't finish the quest frodo he, he does want to throw the ring in the in the fire at the end you yeah, know he has, he has to yeah. fall in botler absolute botler yeah, Sa- sam would have put it in
3: yeah sam would have done it pure of heart sam right there absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh yeah that's my that's what uh, that kicked me off right back down the whole lord of the rings yeah. buzz, going to have you there. read the books yeah i've read the books a long time ago now yeah. um because every now and again, I'm, I I talk about the books with someone who reads the books very regularly, mm. and they're like, "Oh, do you remember this happened and this happened?" And I was like, "Oh no, my memory is much more yeah. of the films than the books."
2: It's been um, a long time since I've read the books, um, but I kind of feel like I might like to do it again, um, because yeah. I reread all the Harry Potter books this year, and that was really enjoyable. Um, I I pirated them on Audible so that herself didn't get any money, but I mean, um. Yeah, kind of feeling like I'm I'm itching towards doing a Lord of the Rings um reread, just getting real nerdy in that Elvish and Yeah, absolutely. I spent a summer trying to learn Elvish and I got kind of okay <laughs> at it. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's the most Andrea Cleary sentence I've ever
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's really hard. Do you and remember I, anything? I was like I was like I should Have you got probably for the podcast. No, I, I remember like some of the songs, which like no. Um but uh, I Decided then, oh, maybe I should just try and learn French instead because that will, you know, serve me a lot Similar. better going through this Similar. life. <laughs> but yeah, that's Lord, Lord of the Rings.
0: Yeah. Cool. um I've also been listening to Cranbean or however you pronounce their names, uh newest album I bought. On the oh, yeah. Uh, Mordecai is what it's called. Uh, a lovely album to put on at any time when you're in your house and pottering about or otherwise. Uh, really. Uh, really enjoying that band big time at the moment as well so cool. that's my final reason to be cheerful or what's consuming you buzz um, yeah Thank, Luke thanks so much for uh, coming on and sharing your thoughts about the Fontaines and everything else and uh, good to chat to you good to have you sorry we didn't get to have
2: a, have a big argument
0: can't I'm glad we didn't have an argument. Ah, can't I see the books you have on your in the back there. That's
3: the Iliad right there anyway. I think. <laughs> oh you got the Iliad.
2: Oh my yeah. god. I hate that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very good. Well, look, we'll have you on again soon, and yeah. uh, we'll be taking a break next week because I'm on a holiday, so I'm actually taking a full week off, uh, which is uh, something I'm very much looking forward to. Um, so, in the meantime, thank you both, uh, Luke and Andrea, and thank, thank, thank you. you, Niall. You may as well thank myself as well. Why not? <laughs> and, okay. Uh, we will. We <laughs> thank will. Thank you, Nile. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thanks, <laughs> uh, and. Patreon.com forward slash 909 for all your support is all appreciated. We are going to finish with a song from Uli, who had a new EP out last week, called If You Were a Day, you'd be Sunday songs to go walking to. Uh, this is a song called Keeping It Simple. Bye. Bye.